0: Hello.
1: That's so adorable. I told you I did it. I got
0: it. I mean, TTRPGs are about fun and about collaboration.
2: What
3: this all builds, what this is all building towards, is more empathetic connections between people. There you go. Got there in the end. Welcome to Delightful Dungeon Diving, a coffee slash tea table podcast dedicated to talking TTRPGs and character development. I'm going to kick it over to Emily with our beverage.
4: Hi, today's bewitching beverage, which I thought would be quite fitting, is a sex on the beach. I know we've all had one of those wonderful cocktails, um, if you're old enough. (coughs) Once you are old enough, have one of these delightful cocktails. Um, The lovely mixture of the cranberry and the orange juice with the vodka and the peach schnapps, nearly forgot what it was. (coughs) I thought would be very fitting for today's lovely scene. Um, which is entitled "Kindled."
3: So, for this scene, I will be playing. Uh, Bishara is an old adventurer who's well, maybe past her prime and has settled down in retirement in a little town called Happy Sky. Bishara is eagerly awaiting the arrival of her granddaughter for the summer.
2: And I'll be playing her granddaughter, uh, Winna. Winna is a rambunctious, roughly 12-year-old girl, and she's excited to spend the summer with her grandma.
4: I'll be playing Roxanne. Roxanne is a dwarf, and she likes to spell her name Rox, as in R-O-C-K-S, Anne, with an A-N-N-E. She's here to escort this little girl to see her grandma for for, for the holidays, you know.
1: And I'll be playing Hinkle. Uh, Hinkle is a... Orc. A, alchemist. And he is here for a paycheck. And also because he... he wants to keep everyone safe. On this journey to see Grandma. <laughs> right.
3: Bashara's home sits on the edge of the small sleepy town of Happy Sky. A small party... Of paid adventurers has just escorted Bashara's granddaughter Winna to her for safekeeping over the summer. As they sit comfortably in Bashara's cottage, everyone sets down and notices an odd artifact above Bashara's mantelpiece. Oh, I'm very happy you all made it safe. No, um, no wyverns or anything trying to pick you up on the way. <laughs>
4: No big bad wolves this time, Grandma. We managed to get her nice and safe. Didn't wander off the path or nothing.
2: It was a very fun journey.
3: Oh, Winnie, did you see anything interesting out there in the woods?
2: I saw a bird's nest, but it couldn't have been a normal bird. It must have been something kind of big. Um, and there were a few feathers nearby, and I found one. Look!
1: Ooh, that's... Oh, oh. um,
2: My first souvenir uh, for the summer.
1: Interesting. I... Uh, Yeah. mm, We should probably get that away from you. Uh, I think that's actually a... Throgwopple feather and... Those can be a little toxic. Uh, I'll just uh, just take that there, if you don't mind. I I was going to mention, on your way back there, Roxanne
3: and Hankle, you you might be on the lookout for a a rogue Throgwopple. I've heard there's been one in Loose lately. Um, I I still need to to go find Barry. He's been missing a couple days, and uh, I think that might have something to do with it. Hey, anyways, um, uh, Winna, I'm so glad you're here. Are you excited?
2: I am. I was kind of hoping to have a good collection of trinkets by the time I get home. And if I can't keep the feather, then I guess we're going to have to go exploring at some point so I can find more things.
4: Yeah, speaking of uh, adventuring and finding things, uh, I wanted to talk about Hazard Pay. I don't think it was quite discussed just how wandering this girl was and just how handsy she was. Uh, And when I mean handsy, I mean picking up things she ought not pick up.
3: Uh, well, well, uh, <laughs> she she surely takes after her mother in that sense. <laughs> um, hazard pay, I I have plenty from the old coffers. Uh, used to get up to some adventuring back in my day too. <laughs> um, oh. Just uh, give me a moment. I'll I'll, I'll I'll see what I got laying around.
2: Grandma, speaking of trinkets, what's that?
3: What's, uh, what's, 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 what what's, what's, what's um, up um, I, I don't mantle. have my spectacles. Um, oh, oh, uh, right. I keep meaning to put that away. Everyone always asks about it when they come inside, and of course they would. It's right there. Uh, that, that, that winner is, is what's called a, a war hammer,
1: or at least it was. It's a little broken.
3: It's a
4: mighty fine war hammer.
1: <laughs> you, I, I guess you got up to some mayhem back in the day, Bashara. It's a big warhammer.
3: Uh, yeah, it is, um, uh, actually, it, it's, not, it, it's not mine, or uh, I guess it is now, it wasn't mine at the time. Um, Whose was, was it? Uh, an old friend of mine, uh, uh Gael, he, he was uh, part of my, um, part of my adventuring party <laughs> when I was young.
2: You were part of an adventuring party?
3: Oh yes, yeah. We um, yeah, well we, we got all over the place. Um, owl bears, and, uh, Noel bands, oh we took down a few of those. Um, you and a Dragon once. Well we, we didn't take the dragon down, we played card games with with, with him. Um, it was very it was a fun day.
2: Hinkle, didn't you say you had an encounter with an owlbear once?
1: Yeah, I did. I was an owlbear out in the dark woods of the eastern plain, and it may have had some issues with me collecting its stash of winter food, but we do what we do for the sake of our alchemy and making potions that do cool things. I mean, finder's keepers, you know what I mean. If he's just
4: going to leave right. them lying around, that's his own fault.
1: Just going to hibernate the whole winter away?
4: Right.
3: Oh, absolutely. Basically a free that's, lunch. That is that is a golden rule of adventure. Finder's keepers. Winner, you write that down somewhere. Can, can you write yet?
2: <laughs> Grandma, I'm 12. Of course I can write.
3: Okay, I'm glad you clarified well, because 12 doesn't mean anything to me. I don't even know how old I am anymore.
4: Well, you're looking mighty fine, if you don't mind me saying. For however oh, old you are. I appreciate
1: your stable of suitors back in the day.
3: I, um, well, uh, <laughs> there, um, there was, of course, when, there was your grandfather, of course. Uh, he was a lovely, lovely man. Um, but, uh, really, I guess before her, there was really just one Gael.
2: The one who had the, the warhammer.
3: Uh, Yeah, yeah, the the very same. Um, Long, long before I met your your grandfather. Um, Is that
2: why you Um, still have the Warhammer?
3: Yeah, um, my, you see, uh, (laughs) Granny here, uh, Granny got up to... Uh, maybe a bit more than just um, your your basic adventuring than what you may have heard. When uh, I, I know your I know your mom and your uncles tell stories, but um, we we made quite a name for ourselves. And uh, well, sometimes you met job... in your
2: adventuring party. How romantic! Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, it
3: didn't it didn't start off. So romantic. In fact, I think I, I knocked a few of his teeth loose the first time we met. Um, but, true love. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was a misunderstanding, but uh, you know,
4: in some circles, that's uh, means something entirely different. If you know what I mean.
2: Wait oh. <laughs> does does that usually happen in adventuring parties? Roxanne, are you and Hankel in a romantic relationship?
4: <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna. Um, where's, yeah. Where did I put that Winner,
3: you can learn a lot by reading uh, into here, people's here you hesitations a... and pauses. <laughs> <Thanks>, thank <you. laughs> it's often the things that are unsaid that are the most important. The poor me, shot as well oh I, I have i have I have a lot of liquor stored away.
2: <laughs> I hope when I grow up, I get to be part of an adventuring party and I find true love
3: oh. <laughs> um. True, true love is an interesting concept. It, it, you know, you should just be open to all kinds of love, you know? Um, when you get that age, you, you have your your crushes, and you have your intense romances, and you have your passing flings and flirtations, and you know, Gael and I, it was a lot of, lot of that in the beginning.
2: What <laughs> ever happened that. to him?
3: Well, you know, after... All of the, all of the soft glances over the fire and the little inside jokes we shared and making making fun of Barry because Barry would always get lost. Oh right, <laughs> Barry. Uh, anyways, um, we 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 bonded over those things, but we we took a job. Um, we didn't. It was a cult, you see. Uh, they. We are trying to summon some sort of demon, and we thought it w- was easy on our totem pole of things we could take care of. But uh, it turned out to be a lot more than we could handle. And, um, well, uh, Gael was there laying down and his hammer was all broken and everyone else was gone. And I, um, well, I just, I didn't want to leave the hammer. And uh, I couldn't get his body back, so I took the hammer with me. And uh, I, I tried to go back, but I couldn't find traces of anyone. So I just keep it, you know, remember the old times. Good old, uh, good old Crackjaw, Gael. Yeah, he could he could swing that hammer pretty hard. <laughs> Sorry, was that, um,
1: said <clears throat> that Crackjaw?
3: Yeah, that's what they used to call... Well, it's what I used to call him
1: after I, you know, gave him a good, good left cross there. <laughs> hey, uh, Roxanne, do you remember that town we passed through a few months back? Wasn't there a, uh, wasn't there a crack jaw at the end there?
4: You know what? I think there was. But,
1: but, yeah. And didn't
4: he, when we gave him a few pints, didn't he say that some broad had, like, smacked him one once?
1: yeah. Yeah, I bu- he talked about a Bashara, a Bashara who used to knock his teeth around. Yeah, bloody hell!
3: Is that you? Y- you, uh, I, I'm Bashara. W- 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 um, uh, you, you, the bodies were all gone. I assumed I was the only one who made it out. Grandma,
2: I think you have one adventure left. Can you take me with you?
3: Uh, uh, yeah, yes. Uh, uh, I have a lot of things to carry. Um, uh, Roxanne and Hank, I've got extra hazard pay. You're, you're, you're going to be my mules, okay? So just, just, yep. sit there. Let me get. I need to get some stuff. Well, okay, we'll get a mule, but
1: yes, yes
2: we'll right. guard you on the road. How exciting! <laughs> I can't wait.
1: Crap jaw's alive.
4: <laughs> we hope you liked that scene. This time, it was completely improvised. Could you tell? <laughs> <laughs> we very much love doing the scene and I really hope Bashara gets to find the one that got away <laughs> me my name's Emily Graymore, and my pronouns are she her and an odd fact about me today you know I didn't have my first proper boyfriend till I was 18 yeah Ooh. I was probably a bit of a late bloomer for some <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, like you know what, I'm going to have a, a little fact that kind of follows the suit of uh, the uh, theme today. And there you go. That's mine.
3: Enjoy. Love is never on a <laughs> That's a good fun fact. Um, I'm
0: Hannah, <laughs> pronouns she, her. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I didn't have a, a real boyfriend until about 18 as well. Uh, my first kiss, however, was at summer camp when I was 16. <gasps> That's cute. Oh, we, all, we all went out for sunrise and I had a crush on this guy and that was my first kiss. Oh, I like that. That That's very good.
1: Summer camp crush. That's adorable.
4: Mm -hmm. I'm still friends with him, too. Oh, that is right.
1: Uh, Hi, Uh, I'm Ibrahim. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, And thank you so much, uh, Emily, for giving me an odd fact, because I did not have one when we started this. (laughs) You're (laughs) welcome. The inspiration. (laughs) Let's see. My first. No, not that one. Okay, oh, here's one, here's one, here's one. Okay. No, oh, no, 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 no. no it's fine. Uh, um, uh. it's I don't know, this might be a, a bit of a sad fact instead of a fun fact, but I think it's fun because I think it's funny. Um, mm-hmm. I have been stood up more than I have gone on dates.
3: Oh!
1: And that, I think, is something that we can all laugh about.
0: I'm glad you could yes. laugh about it. <laughs>
1: Well,
3: I'm Nick. I use he, him pronouns. And uh, my odd fact for today, I guess going in the theme, um, I think I could safely say I owe my relationship and marriage to a tiny June bug. Uh, Because when uh, my wife and I first went on our first kind of date, running date, it was like a pre-trial date, uh, (laughs) Her side of things. uh, Within the first half mile, all of a sudden, she something hit her in the eye and she was getting worried and trying to get it out of her eye and she asked me to walk over there and get it out of her eye and so yeah the first like five ten minutes of us really being on a bit of a date was me sticking my finger into her eyeball <laughs> and getting a small gnat out of, out oh of my, my now wife's eye. And if eye. that's
4: not trust I, I honestly don't yeah. know what it is. <laughs> yeah
3: it <laughs> all Chris it all have a strong
1: relationship. <laughs>
3: right? The other part of that fun first time was uh, the first date was that uh, I knew she was a runner. I was running, and I think neither one of us wanted to put a limit, and so we ended up running four miles out before I was finally like, "Hey, it's four miles. Do you think we should maybe turn back?" So we ran eight miles from H oh and back. Amazing! <laughs> just
4: like I don't want so. this to end. I just want to keep it, but I'm gonna drop. No, to no, no, no. Sorry. It wasn't.
3: It wasn't about not wanting to end. It. We just didn't want to back down.
4: Oh, <laughs> yeah. I see. Fair enough. Fair enough.
3: Yeah. Uh, so uh, with that, I will get our snack for today. Um, our splendid snack always represents our scene. And um, our
0: splendid snack does not represent our scene.
3: Oh, you're right. <laughs> our topic. <laughs> I will have our splendid snack for today, which always represents our topic that we are speaking for for the day. Uh, for today, I don't think we've done this one yet. And I ate one today uh, a bagel. <gasps>
4: Oh, pretty normal. Bagel?
3: Yeah, I don't think so. Or We've if you're from the Midwest, a bagel. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> they don't say that,
3: right? Oh my gosh, if you they do say that. Don't. I promise oh, you, they say that. I lived in well, Wisconsin it's a for a year. Shame
1: <laughs> that they're so wrong. <laughs> we have a
3: Wisconsinite <laughs> who's moved to Austin, a friend of ours, and every time she says "bagel" or "bag," I just
4: "bag." Oh no! I, I remember no. how lovely country this
3: place is. <laughs> Love regionalisms. So yeah, uh, um, a. Ba- uh, you know i can't say it a bagel, gonna say bagel. <laughs> A bagel um i had a cinnamon raisin bagel today with some cream cheese and that's <gasps> a one yesterday oh it's a wonderful oh, breakfast so staple mm-hmm. uh and um okay how do i how do i how do i twist a bagel into okay yeah uh, our bagel will represent romance cuz the topic of romance is a circle and never ending and
0: two sides meeting and... the two pieces of the bagel meet yeah. together with
3: all the, the 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 yucky gooey cream cheese in the middle let's, let's and... not talk <laughs> about cream
0: cheese and
1: salmon in this context. Well, i i do enjoy lox on my bagel but that's not a here nor there.
3: So, yeah, the uh, the never ending nature of a bagel uh, leads into our topic of the never ending nature of romance, Uh, using romance or approaching romance in tabletop role playing games. Um, It may be an often overlooked part, but it can also be a pretty big part of your games, too. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure we all have some thoughts. Romance. I mean, it's
0: definitely something that I think a lot of people find to be very daunting. Sorry, I thought Nick was freezing again. I'm just
1: drinking my orange
3: juice. You
0: glitched for a second. Yeah, hypervigilant. Anyway, it's definitely something that I think a lot of people find to be very daunting because does require, depending on how much you go for in the role play, and and you have to make sure that you're not invalidating anybody's boundaries at the table, obviously. There's also, you don't have to go very far to establish narratively a a relationship between two characters, whether they be a PC and an NPC or two PCs, what have you. But any level of it can really take a bit of vulnerability, I feel like, um, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. one has to sort of work through. Um, you know, I, I definitely haven't really felt comfortable allowing my character to get involved with other characters yet. Um, though I've definitely seen it at the tables that I've played at.
4: Mm -hmm. Out of interest, everybody else here, has anyone done any PC or NPC romances in their games, um, before?
3: I have not. Uh, Funny enough, our our character from the scene today, Bashara, is a character Mm. I use in a lot of my campaigns with kids, and it's a character that they meet. Uh, So other than referring back to an old romance... No, and luckily I haven't had to deal with in the uh you know, the concept of two kids in my games having romance between their players, because that would be real fun. I, I got <laughs> enough of NV that net. when I was a public school teacher. <laughs> I don't need to deal so, with that anymore. I, I
0: guess I, I guess I did misspeak <laughs> because I have had characters who are in relationships before.
3: Right. We just
0: don't really acknowledge like, I've never had a character start a relationship. Okay. Within mm-hmm. the narrative. Yeah. Um I do have a character that my husband and I play a married couple. Mm-hmm. Um, we were still engaged when we created the characters, but we Cute. we have a pair of characters <laughs> that are married, and they have a daughter back home that's being taken care of by uh, her parent by my character's parents. Um, but we never really we, we're an established marriage, and there's some banter <clears throat> that goes along with that, but nothing that is like romance I think Um, that's um a really good distinction
4: actually because um I've played um it was only in like a one shot but it was like a an old lady and an elderly couple um and you're right it's kind of like because it's it's almost like the the relationship is a part of the furniture at that point and there isn't that that PDA as Mm -hmm. such like I think that's um I think that's where the awkwardness comes in for me. Yeah. Like that finding your feet, that kind of that sort of PDA thing, which I'm a little bit uncomfortable with anyway, the best of times. Yeah. Um, well, think, that's thinking on it,
0: that can be, I think a good way to sort of get your feet wet is mm. have your character in an established relationship that doesn't need to prove anything. Yeah. And just have it be a fact, be a part of the furniture, as you said,
4: mm-hmm.
0: but, um, you know, sort of, dance into that that yeah i think because
4: it allows some tenderness and it allows Mm -hmm. it allows those sweet moments without it being like awkward for the rest
2: yeah Yeah. it's not
4: like you're playing a sort of gomez and morticia kind of like relationship where it's (laughs) excessive and passionate i mean that could be very fun (laughs) um but if you're wanting to do yeah that little sort of just step into being romantic and vulnerable without it being excessive that could be a really good way of doing it
3: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I feel like it. It can also be um, a bit of a a narrative tightrope too, because if you're running a game and you have a group and two of the players' characters, you know, and and everyone full consent, like they all, they both seem to be into this and they want their Mm -hmm. characters to have this, you know, romance in a typical, you know, story or typical plot. That's typically got to be among the main characters. You know, so there's (laughs) this there's this narrative tightrope that you you got to walk. Of okay, we have room for y'all's romance to develop. Um, We just got to make sure that this isn't being the highlight of, and it's not monopolizing play Mm -hmm, exactly. And 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 and, and saying that, I think that TTRPGs are a very interesting medium where a full romance that can be developed and delved into can very easily be like a little side plot. Mm -hmm, mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. there was this really cute um so in unbalanced encounters at the moment um june who is the younger character she's sort of not really experienced anything outside of her town and she's kind of now met another person who isn't related to her in some way or someone she didn't grow up with and she got this very cute um little developing thing with them uh but the It was, they both did it so well and so enchantingly (laughs) and so subtly. Um, And, but the best thing about it was uh, she asked him as a player beforehand, like, hey, I would like to explore this with my character. Um, Would you be okay with that if she started kind of flirting with you a little bit in game? Um, And he was like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Um, And, (laughs) you know, it was... It was so. Oh my god! It was so cute. It was. Mm. Oh, it was like when you when you see like your younger like sister or something with like her Aww. first boyfriend, you know, like I oh, oh. love <laughs> <laughs> it. was
3: so cute.
0: <laughs>
3: and then you and then you realize that the player is actually like a full grown. She's like, adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It
4: was. Yeah. Oh my god! It was freaking adorable. That <laughs> was really good. Uh, but I think that's really important. Is if you want to try and do that with another player or even with your GM like NPCs and stuff. Ask for consent. Yes. Yeah. So don't right. just try and be weird and flirty when they obviously don't want that. <laughs> That's the worst thing. You yeah, can... I,
0: I think that brings up a really good point that especially if you are just getting to know the people at your table mm-hmm. um, or, or even if not, you really have to do a lot of above table talk, um, you know, behind the scenes, player to player, or player to GM talk about how it's going and about boundaries um, because I can see places where it could get very uncomfortable and places where mixed signals could happen um, to make sure that, you know, everyone's aware this is all in character. This is not out of character. Um, You know, I, I would caution anyone against necessarily using D&D in character moments to make the first move on someone you have a crush on right. in person. Oh, um, God.
1: Yeah. I That's
0: would caution most. against that. Make sure this is entirely narrative, entirely between the characters, totally an acting exercise, and not have to do with real world feelings because that could really mm-hmm. get messy and uncomfortable very fast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll tell it to you straight up. Conceal that. Keep that in. That is not a thing that you want to bring out at the table. Yeah. And also, uh, on the topic of just consent around this, I think that your consent form should probably have a dedicated spot for romance. Oh yeah, because yeah. there are very like uh, uh uh Michael Improv GM has a consent form that uh has romance options and like delineates by each character. Uh, Mm. So each player character has their own little thing and they can mark whether they are okay with PC or NPC uh, Mm -hmm, romances. mm -hmm. And it's like, yes, no, ask first. Um, And then there's also like a a check mark that is you have to see this and you have to say, I have seen this, I have read this, or else you will be assumed to be on the most restrictive end of that spectrum yeah, where right. no for everything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you, gotta, you gotta make sure that everyone at the table knows and you can't blindside the player or the GM. Yeah. Because if I as a GM do not know that you're cool with this and I'm like getting an inkling like, wait, hold on. Is this player uncomfortable with this? Do I need to X card? Do I need to end the scene? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, I, I don't wanna be blindsided by it either because mm-hmm. I wanna make sure everyone at the table is safe and while i trust my players i know it's easy to have misunderstandings so everyone should kind of be on the up and up that this is a thing that you want to do so that and i know to let the and want to witness as play. well yeah and want to
4: witness yeah. yeah very important i
0: mean Absolutely. i think it, it when when romance moves to a more physical nature in in narrative speaking i think the vast 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 majority of tables fade to back fade to black pretty quickly yeah <laughs> um But some people are are even made uncomfortable by just plain bromance and, you know, a peck on the lips. Um, Mm -hmm. So make sure that everyone at the table consents to these scenes happening.
3: Yeah, and that goes goes all the way around the table. Like, okay, one player is not going to be comfortable with any sort of, you know, intimacy or anything uh, between characters or NPCs. And the rest of the table might think like, well... You know, not that we're all a bunch of horn dogs or anything, but <laughs> we wanted the we wanted the possibility, and that's something that comes up in consent in session zero, where you can say, "Oh, well, maybe we re- need to rethink about you know either the type of campaign we're playing, or this might not be the right group for you," and that's totally fine. Yeah. Everyone needs to be on the same page. I also it, think. It, it, oh, sorry, oh, go on. No, no, here. no. Go ahead, Emily. I was
4: going to say on on that. Um, just because you're okay with it, don't assume your GM is either. Mm-hmm. Like, don't yep. force situations on like an NPC just because you're okay with it, and you think, oh, it's just an NPC; it's not the other player. Um, your GM might not appreciate that either. So just, uh, yeah, putting that
1: up absolutely. There.
0: But it can be a really yeah. fun opportunity for plot points, especially like one of the games that my table plays. Uh, we have a character who has start who at a party started flirting with one of the NPCs, and they they have become sort of a frenemy, sometimes ally, sometimes working against us. But there's a flirtation there, and can, can this? character use that flirtation to get some information out of them, but they're also genuinely interested in them. It's, it can provide some really fun story points to work with and challenges to work through.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and and on that note, like you can, you can use romance as a story hook or a story plot, uh, something to, you know, pivot your story around, without falling into the usual tropes of like, you know, fridging the girlfriend or we have to go Mm -hmm. rescue this Mm -hmm. person's love interest. Um, There's, there's so many more. And and also there, there's more options beyond simply, Oh, subverting expectations. You don't even have to do that. There's just, it's a big wide world and TTRPGs let you explore that in really fun ways. Um, Having a romantic partner dedicate their time to you know, helping explore another romantic partner's background or, you mm-hmm. know, dealing with their issue and helping them with that, which, you know, there are a lot of live streams where that seems to be kind of their model. If there's romantic partners uh, between characters, they say, okay, well, the main uh, love yeah. language of that character is going to be helping their romantic interest with right. an issue yeah. versus, yeah. oh, I really like that character and now they're in danger. I need to go save them. they That's usually not what happens.
0: And it can provide an interesting tension if it's an NPC that's not present in the party of, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to be careful on how you play that because why are you away from this person? Right. Um, What is is such a strong reason that you have to be adventuring that keeps you away from them? Mm -hmm. Um, And and how do you justify that? It can be an interesting and sometimes, you know, sometimes very difficult challenge to overcome from a narrative standpoint.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one of my favorite examples of that that I've had is one kid early on, um, when she was giving her her character's background, she was like a, a satyr or a faun, and her background, this is a 12-year-old kid, her background was that she had a wife, because she can have a wife, and she her wife owned a tea shop back in their hometown, and they were thinking of franchising. So her character was going I out on adventures that. to look for locations oh, of franchise. Incredible. That yes. kid, that character never did a single point of damage in the entire campaign. Oh. and helped them take down a shadow dragon. And all it. she wanted I to do it. was open up a tea shop. And I was like, yes, this is amazing. Like I need, I need a mini series about just this kid's like little wife. She has at home uh-huh. that making tea. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> franchising your t-shirt. But I, I love oh, that as an excuse. Like, yeah, yeah, we want a franchise and I need to spot locations in the Shadowfell. Like
1: Yeah,
3: we, every time that 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 party entered like a new realm through portals, she would just be like, "Oh, this could be nice." <laughs> All right. <laughs> really oh, I don't see
4: Starbucks here yet. This is
3: good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. No competition. But on, on something uh, Ibrahim, Ibrahim was saying about like, you know, <clears throat> Don't bring the idea of like, I'm going to find my romantic partner in my DD mm-hmm. game. Now, mm-hmm. look, you're, Christina and I were talking about this earlier. Like one common way people meet people is through hobbies, you know, shared oh, yeah. hobbies and activities. Yeah. And I would say there's, it, it's not a single, you know, one approach is bad, one approach is, is good. It is totally fine to want to join a hobby with the idea of like, yeah, I do want to meet someone because other people have that same idea. But- on the flip side, there are plenty of people who just want to do that hobby. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's this awareness and maybe it's the thing about like the modern dating scene and how people just need to be consciously aware of, and empathetic. I think empathy is the biggest thing.
2: Mm-hmm. You can
3: pick up on if someone is actually looking for this or not. If you bring that to a DD and d table or a TTRPG table, it's a very hyper-focused small group. And if that's the only reason you are getting into this, you're probably going to be disappointed and, mm. you know, and, and hopefully not, well but you might make other people uncomfortable
4: mm-hmm. and
3: they won't feel safe doing a hobby like that. So, so it's, it's a big thing to be wrapping your brain around. And I, I know it's a complicated, uh, a complicated thing to have to approach.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's really complex. Like I, I, I definitely understand the impulse to meet someone uh, through a shared hobby, but it, it's one of those things where I think you need to be okay with the fact that the hobby itself is not where people like, that's not where you make friends necessarily. It's the talking before and after you're doing the yeah. thing. It's yeah. the familiarity of like, Oh, I am now familiar with this person because we've played four or five right. games together. It's not actually like the hobby is kind of immaterial. It's, it's just the thing that puts you in the same place with the same people Like at similar times, and it's the connection that you make outside of that or adjacent to it that is how you form any kind of relationship. Really, Um, just there's no formula to this. It's just
3: (laughs) you got it. I mean, RPGs
0: are inherently a great way to make friendships, and it's fine to go into that with the open-minded idea that. I might find a new friend or even a significant other here, but that shouldn't be the goal. Um, It should be be something that, you know, if that friendship wise in general, or if you're looking for finding a romantic partner, it's something that's totally fine and even should be something you're open minded to, Um, but it should never be the end goal. But, you know, I find collaborative storytelling, solving problems together, it can be a really great way to build strong bonds and some of my closest friends are the people that my husband introduced me to when yeah. he brought me into his D- his a uh, TTRPG group, um, and you know they they are among some of my favorite my my best friends. Uh, you know I'm dog sitting for one of them right now. Uh, they were all in my wedding. One of them was our efficient.
2: <laughs> we're
0: very close with them, That's cute. Um, and that was not necessarily something we intentionally went for it was just the fact that because we were all collaborating and solving problems together and creating these characters and spending so much time together as you do if you do a long-running campaigns um, that that just grew organically and i believe that it can happen with romantic relationships as well but i again do caution people not to explore feelings with a specific individual through role play. Um, right. If you want to explore mm-hmm. the ideas of romance in general with someone that you feel romantically neutral toward in person, I think that, you know, that can be a useful tool so long as you're keeping that separation of in character versus in game. Um, I know that it's something where people, people explore different sexualities sometimes by you know yeah, playing so. a character that is a different sexuality than you you know if you're questioning and you say well you know i've i've always thought i was straight but maybe i'm not maybe i'll have a character who is gay or something like that um can sort of help you know if you want to explore those thought patterns and things like that to some extent um but uh, in general, you should really avoid having it be connected and attached to the individual on uh, playing the other character. Yeah, hundred
4: yeah. percent.
3: And okay, I also think, it... um, sorry, Nick. No, uh, Emily, please.
0: Um,
4: don't be afraid to rescind consent. Oh, absolutely. If you need to, as well later. Um, like if on the form you'd put, "Hey, that's fine," and then actually, as it got into it, you're like actually i didn't realize how uncomfortable this would make me yeah like please mm-hmm. speak up um i've had to do that myself like i wasn't sure how i'd feel cuz i'd never really had i'd never really done it before um and then i had to have a word with my gm and just say actually i don't want this anymore thank you very much <laughs> um yeah, right. and had to kind of like um kind of move that out but yeah yeah so don't be afraid to just go eh. and okay. if that person isn't respecting that and is keep keeps doing it then i you know you're at the wrong table um
3: yeah it's it's not a good table Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that that is unfortunately something that i think ttrpgs are also pretty good at is uh Mm -hmm. unveiling red flags on people's behavior (laughs) yes um you know that it and and when it comes to romance unfortunately i feel like that's one that that comes up probably the quickest
4: (laughs) Mm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah sure. consent and
3: so, you know, Ibrahim, that form you mentioned, you know, uh, along with like, this is an ongoing, this is an evolving, yeah. this is not an evolving yes. document. It is a constant document.
1: So you check yeah. back in, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I do have a question. Mm-hmm. How do we feel or do we have any thoughts about running a romance? Uh, if you're a GM and mm-hmm. you are facilitating a romance, how would you go about that?
0: Do you mean in terms of NPC or PC?
1: I think this would be. Ha- I'm, I'm imagining PC, P-
0: PC to PC, like PC, PC to
1: PC, or mm-hmm. PC okay. to NPC. Like, what do you do to help facilitate and make sure, like, if somebody, if everyone at the table wants to explore romance, has anyone had to facilitate one that you know was well, uh, an active romance and not like a, yeah. this is a thing that happens in the background, <laughs> right? Again,
0: I, th- I think it, it is different when it's an NPC or a PC because an NPC is not necessarily going to be present all of the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But I think it goes back to the consent sheet that you mentioned. Uh, That's got to be where it starts in some way, shape, Mm -hmm. or form, whether it's a formal consent form that you check off boxes and put in information or it's a session zero conversation that is not just a session zero, but it's an evolving constant conversation that you continue to do check-ins because you really should. Um, but I think that both if it's a if it's two PCs, both the PCs and the GM should be checking in all together and also checking in with the table if, is everybody still cool with this? Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's if it's an NPC, obviously the GM and the PC should be checking in or the player should be checking in with one another um, and checking in with the table. But it, it also it depends on on what level are you going to. Like my table has really only ever gone so far as flirtation. Um and anything else it might be implied, but we've really only ever gone, gone so far as flirtation. I mean, I know before I was with them, they did have a character who got married, but that was much more narrative, backstory, anecdotal. They're right. on a time jump, and mm-hmm. this is what happened while they were away. Um, so you don't actually necessarily have to role play out a whole lot. To have that happen, some people like to. um, I mean, what's what's going through my mind specifically um, is, uh, as I make no secret, I'm a big fan of Critical Role, and the relationships in their first campaign between Percy and Vex, as well as Keyleth and Vax, are Mm. very significant throughout the entire campaign and they're they move the plot and they're very moving stories mm-hmm. Um, some are some moments are played far more for laughs um, and some moments are very very tender but i think uh, granted keeping in mind that the performers of critical role are professional actors with a mm-hmm. background in acting and improvisation and so on and so forth Um, but i think that's a great example to go to in something that's very easily accessible, yeah. Um, of of how something like that can happen and how it can affect and inform the storyline.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but in terms of a GM managing stuff like that, I really do think it all comes down to continuing the conversation out of character and mm-hmm. making sure the consent is still there, and really trying to read the table and being ready to fade to black when necessary right? Um, and, and things like that. Sorry, I, I just talked a lot. Go ahead. <laughs> it <was> fine. You're <laughs> fine. Okay.
3: I know one thing that comes up a lot with the, my kid campaigns, um, outside of romance, obviously, uh, is when um, – I, I always tell them, like, hold your backgrounds – all your backgrounds because kids, especially, they think the backstory they they always go too far with it. They always suddenly mm. have made a level 15 character for a level one campaign. You know, they have really? all the backstory because they want to make this kind of cool character without realizing, no, no, no this game is the process of making your cool character. This is character. the
4: beginning, this is stepping out so, the door. Right?
3: Exactly. So, what I'll do is, um, I'll tell them, like, hey, hold all your details, you can share some of them with me over a message or something. And I'll ask them occasionally, like, "Hey, uh, what kind of you know what kind of culture did your did your character grow up in? Like, what was their family like?" And with that, I can make a moment where a bunch of action has just happened. And I say, "Hey," mm-hmm. I take a little bit of agency here, and I say, "You're thinking to yourself, like that was pretty intense, and it reminded you of something that happened when you were when you were younger before you set out. You know, how's your character dealing with this now? What are they thinking about?" And when it comes to romance, you can kind of do the same thing as a GM. If you have two PCs who are wanting to explore that with their care, you know, in their characters, you can first step in and and create a situation where maybe there's some downtime at the campfire or even in the middle of a battle or something. You take a quick little snapshot and say, hey, inside your character's brain, what's going through their heads? What does this relate to? Um, You know, you told me that. When they were younger, they had two loving parents who raised a huge family full of kids. How's your character comparing that to what's happening now? So my my tip would be as a GM, you're not always creating physical scenarios, but helping the players live in the moment a bit more and go into your character's heads and ask them like, how are they comparing this to previous experience uh past knowledge about their backstory that Mm -hmm. sort of thing um Mm
4: -hmm. for me uh gming i um (laughs) it's weird um i i feel less um awkward about it when i'm gming for some reason (laughs) um i had um a short-lived campaign a little while ago where one of my um closest friends was playing a um Cliche, I know, bard, um, and was an incredibly raunchy one, um, and very much enjoyed sort of that tongue-in-cheek. Um, how far can I flirt with this with this NPC sort right. of like attitude? Um, but I had to be very aware that you know the other people on the table were uh, not so much. Right. They they could take it to a certain point and then they're like, no, this is too much. So um, <laughs> what I try to do to make it good for everybody is at a certain point, I'm like, OK, I'm aware that this is getting too far. Do you want to take this upstairs? Um, and... She would be like, yeah, obviously. Um, and <laughs> all I would do is just have her role. Um, and depending on her role is how satisfied she was in the morning. Um, <laughs> ah! and, uh, I like that. And that. That was That, that is awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, so she would have that as a kind of like a, her sexual conquest. Um, and no one else would have to fucking deal with any of the,
3: <laughs> any of the other bits. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she, I she love
4: enjoyed that. that. That was great.
3: Satisfied. Um, mechanic (laughs) uh, oh it was only three sorry
4: (laughs) he talked a big game but obviously wasn't
3: (laughs) (laughs) dang (laughs) and and, and that's that that is too like when we 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 get we get really heavy on this podcast talking about uh the topics of consent and things because in order to have a safe and healthy environment to play ttrpgs and I feel like sometimes people get the idea that like, oh, everything's like, it's so vanilla and bland. No, no, no. We're no, setting everything happen. up so we can do fun shit like this. Like, yeah, <laughs> right? things go off the rails. Yeah. It's totally fine. <laughs>
0: the, whole point, the whole point of, you know, knowing people's boundaries and consent is knowing what the framework you can work within is. Um, and I'm actually reminded about intimacy coordination in mm. theater and mm. film. Um, and there was this controversial news piece that came out recently, and I'm, I cannot remember who the actors were in question, but um, there, there was talk about how, you know, people were criticizing the intimacy coordinator because, you know, oh, these two characters, they estab- these two actors established ahead of time that, you know, what they were and were not allowed to do. They choreographed the whole thing. How can it be spontaneous? And it was like, no, no, no. no.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> the actors knew what the boundaries were. They mm-hmm. didn't plan when exactly that kiss was going to happen. What was, mm-hmm. they just, you know, the, the one actor knew that he wasn't allowed to nibble his other character's neck. They're nibbling the other actor's neck. Right. But the other things that happened, they knew where they were allowed to go and where they weren't allowed to go. And mm-hmm. it gave them a framework. Um, And, and that's, you know, a very specific example of boundaries and consent, in yeah. a theatrical, uh, you know, a movie setting. Mm-hmm. um But the the same thing in in non-sex related things, in non-romance related things, or in romance related things, applies in TTRPGs. You're creating the framework so that you know how far you're allowed to go, and everything else is where you're allowed to play. Yeah,
4: yeah. And it's nice having like that very kind of defined playground, and you're like, exactly, right, I can do what I want in here. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, very
1: good.
0: Mm-hmm. And I find that I can be even more creative when I know where my boundaries are. Oh, yeah, that's
1: Yeah, fair. definitely. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to worry, like, is this too much? Or mm-hmm. Like, you have a little bit of a buffer where you're like, ah, I know where the line is. Right. I can play as hard as I want to inside this space that we have created together, that we have mm-hmm. shaped, that is a safe space that mm-hmm. everyone's yep. comfortable with. And then you can just go wild. You can just have all these fun adventures and all of these fun, like narrative things happen that otherwise you would have to, uh, you would be worried about, like doing. Yeah. And, and personally,
0: yeah. the the framework for me just even helps me come up with ideas because I'm very. I think I've even said this in other episodes before. I can be very overwhelmed by choice if I have too many options. I don't know what to do. But when I have limitations. Somehow that gives me ideas.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's good. it. I, sounds backward, but I promise it's true. <laughs> I
3: think one big, I think one big theme that we've hit on here for this topic is that uh, the topic of romance and TTRPGs is that you know real life and and the, the idea of consent and what people are comfortable with and having boundaries so that you can explore everything within those boundaries can inform how you approach it in TTRBGs and vice versa. If you're not as experienced romance outside of you know tabletop role-playing games, well, when you get advice like this or work with experienced game masters or experienced players, you take that same idea of setting boundaries so everything within is... Not not simply okay, but can be explored. And if you're thinking, oh, yeah, but you're putting limitations, that's still going to... Think about any open world game that has lasted mm-hmm. for the last 10 years. Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, Skyrim. These games where people mm-hmm. have created entire worlds in a pretty limited space. Now imagine what you can do with the same sort of boundary set in romance in your TTRPG game. There's right. plenty of room for things with romance. Even with aromantic relationships... Uh, as well totally fine I've got three kids right now who one is playing a a a defeated necromancer who's been reincarnated in the body of a of a 10 year old boy right the original concept the other two characters are playing adults uh, adult male characters and they have all naturally fallen into this dynamic of, well, they have to pretend every town they go to that he's not an incredibly powerful necromancer. So now he's got two adopted gay dads. And that is the Aww. dynamic that these like, <laughs> three, 13-year-old boys who've you know don't really know each yeah. other outside the game, they've all adopted this, and there's no romance in it. They just have but there is uh, it's very funny. there's been a very tender affection between yeah. all their characters that has developed, and they will all step in front of a bullet for each other,
0: right mm. And
3: in this dynamic. so it it doesn't have to be fully romantic relationship. um it helps develop the relationships uh between characters, and there's so much more to it than what you're thinking you've seen on TV or in movies or even read in books. There's so much more absolutely to, that to explore, yeah. So, uh, obviously a, a big wide world to explore with romance and tabletop role-playing games. And um, as we exit out today, we're going to give you some recommendations, some some games that are specifically geared towards the topic of romance uh, in a tabletop role-playing game setting.
4: One that I played is a two-player one. Um, it's called The Sailor and the Siren. Oh, that sounds um, nice. And one of you plays the sailor, the other plays the siren, and Ooh. it's all about kind of creating the characters, and then whether the siren falls in love or devours the I was say, sailor do you to at the eat end. the <laughs> sailor. Or... Yeah, it's very good. It's very good.
3: That that's kind really of cool. cool. Yeah, it's
4: like a really short, like two-page PDF type thing, and you play it with a deck of cards. It's very good. Oh, that's fun. That'd be
3: a fun okay. date night game.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's what I used it for. I was like, yeah, so
1: date night games. Yeah, that's that's fun.
4: Yeah, so that's my recommendation for a date night game. If you want to do some romance, um,
0: free reign. That's a good one to do. There you go. Um <laughs> So mine is not actually a TTRPG. I do not have any ideas of a TTRPG that would be a good date night game, but I'm just going to plug my favorite card game because it is what I played with my husband on our first date. (gasps) Yes. And part of how we just knew we were right for each other. Uh, Our first date was at a board game cafe and I walked in the door thinking about this one game that i really wanted to play and behind me as he's walking in the door behind me my husband says do you know if i have splendor
3: nice <laughs> and so
0: uh it, it, not ttrpg not specifically romance related but my my date night uh game recommendation is splendor which is a card game where you play jewel merchants and you are trying to uh, you're trying to accrue points. I can't remember the story behind it, but you're trying to accrue points uh, and mm-hmm. gain patrons. And um, the f- the first round for someone to hit 15 points, whoever has the highest number of points at the end of that round wins. Very uh, good. Two to four players. It- it's great. Um, but again, nice. not, not romance, not TTRPG, but very fun.
4: I mean, you could make any game romantic if you really tried. tried. <laughs> oh, yeah, so.
1: yeah, you can have a romance for anything. You can have a romance for a very nice ship. You can you can <laughs> I mean, engage. Yeah. Well, okay, hold on. I didn't mean that. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, my my recommendation. So it, after much deliberation, I have not really been able to narrow down to one particular game. But what I do have is one creator um Mm. i'm going to recommend the works of scholastic dragon uh scholastic dragon also known as cj also known as uh the egoist also known as the biggest hater this side of the mason dixon um (laughs) is a uh, ttrpg designer streamer player you might know him um they them pronouns uh one of their game or two of their games in particular mate lottage which is a queer storytelling game where you play oh. as pirates traversing the turbulent seas of romance nice. um very very cool game very cute um and then the other uh hot tea which is a uh, a two player game i love that where- already <laughs> You have you play as these characters who have their final conversation um, to speak freely about whatever their heart desires. Oh, and nice. the only requirement is that they must do it while the tea remains hot. And it's about uh, relationships mm-hmm. and their ends. I love that. I love yeah. that. I want to play that yeah. game. That sounds great. Incredible creator, Scholastic mm-hmm. Dragon. Horrible magic player, as in it makes <laughs> the game unfun for everyone. Oh else. no. <laughs> I other friends
3: in. of Ibrahim you need to know that he agonized over who to plug today
1: so yes <laughs> yes, yes. Was it was I, it was really hard but you know I chose <laughs> CJ today but that doesn't mean I won't choose you in the future <laughs> <laughs> Love it. so there's our uh there's our delve into
3: romance and uh, thank you all for coming along with us especially through our improv scene today and uh I'm Nick Plaisance. You can find me on the Delightful Dungeon Diving TikTok as well as Bearded Plaisance on Instagram and soon YouTube. I got a hold of a GoPro and I'm going to do some stupid stuff on a mountain bike, so be looking forward Mm -hmm. to to that. And uh, yeah, it's been really fun.
0: And I'm Hannah. Um, If you want to find me uh, mostly on TikTok, it's uh, critical underscore stitch. Mostly stuff about TTRPGs, occasionally sewing and just being a giant critical role fan as and also unprepared unprepared casters and, and all sorts of other great stuff
4: and uh, i'm emily graymore you can find me on tiktok and you'll find my link tree there in my bio to all of the different things that i do um you can also go to unbalancingcounters.com and you can see the other podcast that i am a part of as
2: well
1: and I am Ibrahim. You can find me everywhere on the internet that matters at cosmic underscore Eve. You can find me on the nameless domain Twitch channel with, uh, prayers in the static every other Friday. Uh, we're doing a couple of really exciting things. We've got a, a kids on bikes, mini arc coming up. Nice. Uh, that's, that's going to cool. be awesome. really, really fun. Uh, we also have, I can't announce the casting for that because that has not been announced yet, but, yeah. uh, we also have a, uh, uh, a, a, uh nighthawks by uh lex tatanamaki rpg um uh nighthawks is a really cool game named after the uh painting of the same name uh which you might be familiar with which is the Mm -hmm. painting of the uh the like the diner at midnight oh Oh, yeah, the lonely diner with no doors Mm -hmm. um and that's going to be a really fun romp to uh to to really get into what it means to uh come together with a bunch of other lonely people without really knowing why you're there. Love And that. that's nice. going to be exciting. Very good. Alright, y'all. We'll
3: see you on the next one. Bye. Thanks. See you on the Bye. next one.
1: Bye. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: up for everyone here so no one else has to.